0: Welcome to the next episode of Thanks, Good Talk, shortcast by Hogan Lovells, Government Relations and Public Affairs, with my partner Ivan Zapian. And today we have uh, our guests Albert Morales and Andrew Dreschler from Haystack. Uh, welcome, gentlemen. It's good to have you.
1: Hi, Mark. <laughs> I'm Ivan Zapian. It's It's been a while. Sorry for the. Uh... Sorry for the intermission between shows. Um, You know, things got a little out of control, but we're back. And we're excited to have both Albert and Andrew. And as is normally the case, we're going to ask our guests to introduce themselves. And Albert has uh, been on our podcast once before. But Albert, how did you become you? Uh,
2: Short answer is somebody decided to give me a job when I was uh, in high school. Uh, working for my local congressman, knocking on doors. And uh, I've not done anything but politics since. Uh, past 20 years, I've been here in Washington, serving in various capacities, under three chairmen of the Democratic National Committee, from redistricting to state party buildup to uh, Latino engagement. Um, I've done a little bit of everything on that, front. Uh, More recently in the last uh, six years or so, I've made uh, polling and research my focus and I wish I had started it a lot sooner. Uh, I've come to realize that you can't say anything in this business if it's not backed up by data. And uh, I'll try to stick to that rule. Um, If I veer off script, feel free to correct me. But thank you.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Great. Traffic having you. Andrew, how did you become you?
3: Thank you, Ivan. Uh, Andrew Dreschler with Haystack DNA. Uh, back in, must have been like fourth or fifth grade, I handed out flyers for the uh, county coroner's race and uh, really got the bug uh, then. And since then, I've been involved on a number of uh, campaigns, Um, And then uh, for the last uh, about 15 years, I've been uh, at Haystack DNA, where uh, back in 2008, uh, we did all the uh, micro-targeting, predictive analytics for the Obama campaign. Uh, Since then, have worked on a number of Senate gubernatorial races. And then most recently, we did uh, Bernie Sanders uh, races uh, in 2016 and 2020. Um, And I like to say, you know, data, you want to be data-informed and not data-driven.
1: Terrific. Well, welcome to the two of you. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off, Mark, okay. if that's okay. Um, sure. So we are probably two, three weeks away from the official start of campaign season in 2022. Um, where do you guys think we are? Albert, why don't you start?
2: Well, I think, that, I think uh, it started earlier this year. <laughs> Uh, that seems to be the trend here recently, but um, i'd rather I'd rather be us than them. Uh, and I know that's a, that's a tall statement. but if you look at recent trends, uh, if you'd have told me just two weeks ago that the uh, enthusiasm gap would be all but gone in any of these battleground states, I would have probably uh, cast some doubt on that. That that is where we are, and uh, you know we're seeing certainly the trend line uh, shift in the right direction. Uh, you know, someone mentioned earlier uh, prior to the beginning of this these Florida polls. We'll will need to see more more of that before we draw any any conclusions. But I think we're in a good place as Democrats. Um, certainly, the president's accomplishments will will uh, will help. But you know. The big eye is still out there. Inflation is still an issue for for many folks, especially um, Hispanics across the country. Um, inflation seems to be at the top of their you know, top of mind <clears throat> for them. But, you know, most notably also is uh, crime and, and gun violence. So we have to as Democrats being in control, we have to be able to deliver on some of those things. And we have we have been. Uh, and it may be that we just we, we did it just in time, but only only time will tell. Since you're observing a shift in enthusiasm, um, what do you attribute
0: that to? Do you think it's from Democrat success or more Republican stumbles or Republican uh, recruiting? Uh, what, what
2: would you attribute to the shift in, in enthusiasm? I think it's a combination of those two. Um, you know certainly, even Republicans will tell you that candidate quality matters. And whether you're looking at Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz or uh, Ohio with J.D. Vance, uh, Herschel Walker in Georgia, I mean, take your pick. It's going to, uh, you know, moderates and independents are going to be hard pressed to cast a ballot for that, uh, for, for any of those three. And it, it doesn't stop there. Uh, you know, there are other candidates look at Arizona, look at the top of the ticket with the governor's race. It is uh, it is crazy town, um, and you know this decision on Dobbs was uh, not something I think. Though we anticipated it, I didn't. I don't think as as men we can fully understand uh, the anger, the the confusion, the just outright. Uh, you know, women are just beside themselves right now. Even I'm I'm a dad. I have a, I have a young daughter. <laughs> to think that she's going to be raised in, uh with uh, or at least she's looking at being raised right now with less rights than and what her mother had that's 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 troubling to me and i think any dad can relate to that
1: so it sounds like albert it sounds like albert's saying that um, there's a chance andrew where do you think we are
3: yeah, it's an interesting, it's the tale of two election cycles, I think, you know, with uh, under three months to go to election day, just over 80 days. It's amazing if you look back three three plus months ago, um, where Democrats were and where Republicans were. This is right before the, you know, the leak of the Dobbs decision. I think it's a very interesting um you know, change of fortunes. And I think it is, you know, uh, I I agree with Albert uh, um, and I think being optimistic, um, you know, as a Democrat is, you know, cautiously optimistic, I think makes a lot of sense uh, given the trends, the polls, the fundraising, you know, sort of the shift in um, enthusiasm. I'm, you know, uh, you know, uh, cautiously optimistic that this is going to be A decent year. And I think, you know, looking back at, and I think, you know, talking about some of the candidates that the uh, Republicans have in Pennsylvania and and, and Georgia and even Wisconsin, um, you know, in Ohio, I think candidates do matter and you need candidates that, uh, you know, relate to people. And I think the, some of those candidates are not overly relatable and um, it, doesn't uh, you know bold well for the Republicans
0: so with such um, uh, astute uh, political uh, scientists here, including my partner Ivan, particularly astute about uh, the hispanic vote, the much has been said about how Democrats are really losing the hispanic vote. and I want to know, is there any real mystery to that? Any lock that Democrats need to pick to figure out why? Or is it really for the exact same reasons that they've lost so much of the white working class vote? In other words, is there any real difference between middle class, working class, uh, Hispanic voters and their, uh, their counterpart in, amongst white working class?
3: Andrew, why don't we start with you? That that's a great question. And and I think you can look at um, you know, what do what do you know uh Hispanics and what do working, you know, the working class Americans care about? And you know, uh, Albert mentioned before uh inflation, and I think the Inflation Reduction Act I think goes a long way in addressing some of those concerns. I think there's a lot of good things uh that that are going to come out of there. Um, and, you know, at, at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of, you know, kitchen table financial issues that, that people care about. Um, and I think that's something that, uh, Democrats have gotten a little bit better, but can still do a better job at, at touching, um, you know, uh, hitting on, um, I think, you know, recently, you know, the, with the American rescue plan of, of 2021, that recently they, they passed this, you know, President Biden went to Ohio and talked about the special financial assistance to multi-employer collectively bargained, uh, you know, pension plans, you know, that that gave a big boost uh, to three million people um, whose pension plans were in in trouble. And I think this is something that, you know, uh, this isn't a, uh, a white American. This isn't a Hispanic American. This is a, you know, it touches across all all races and working class uh, people. So I think this is this is something that is, it's, it's a great thing. It's $94 billion that went to troubled plans. And it's something, you know, that those are the sorts of issues that are going to hit home.
2: You know, I have a little different take from a lot of folks who delve into this debate on the Hispanic vote. Uh, I'm old enough to remember in 2014 when uh, Governor of Nevada, Brian Sandoval, got over 50% of the Hispanic vote. Susanna Martinez came close to that in New Mexico for her reelect. Uh Cory Gardner in Colorado got almost 50% of the Hispanic vote. George W. Bush got over 40% of the Hispanic vote when he ran for president and governor in Texas. So this there's precedent for this. I think, if anything, we're persuadable voters. It's not a popular take amongst Democratic circles. I think they like to often at times uh, put us in a uh, corner, if you will, and assume that we're going to uh, uh, vote Democrat, you know, lock, stock, and barrel every election cycle, and that's just that's just not the case. Now, as it relates to the more recent debate on the Hispanic vote, I, you know, people often cite South Texas and oh, Texas. The Democrats are losing their stronghold on it. Well, <clears throat> what they don't say is uh, the obvious to those of us who who work in this space. You're talking about a handful of counties in South Texas that are a tiny fraction of the overall Hispanic vote in the state. Now, if you were to tell me that Republicans are getting 40 percent of the Hispanic vote in Harris County, then, yeah, I'd say game over. Well, Democrats are doomed. This is, uh, you know, la fiesta party's over. Um, but we're not anywhere close to that. And if anything, um, I think, you know, there's opportunity here uh, for both sides. Now, as as Democrats, unfortunately, we don't spend the, And I know, Ivan, this is going to sound like a broken record, but we don't really ask the tough questions in this space. Um, here, here recently, for example, I was privy to a poll where I inserted a question uh, about Hispanics that really doesn't get Asked and I was, it's not a popular way to conduct uh, a, a survey, but um, I asked an open end: Do of, of Hispanic uh, respondents, do you feel the Democratic Party prioritizes the needs of other uh, minority groups that I won't mention? And it wasn't even close. Almost two thirds said yes. They don't feel as though the party uh, uh, elevates their issues uh, to to those of other other minority groups that seem to have a uh, you know a closer bond with with the party. And real quickly on the issue of immigration, that's another uh, good point. While Hispanics and I think most Americans would support a path to citizenship. I I've done enough focus groups on construction sites, some formal, some informal to tell you that um, Some of these guys who have been here 10, 20, sometimes more or longer and have been working in the shadows, they would take a green card with no citizenship, no path to citizenship in a heartbeat overnight, just so long as they could go visit their mom um, or family back home and wherever they're coming from. But uh, because the nature of who commissions a lot of these surveys when it relates to immigration, isn't They tend to be more progressive entities. Uh, the questions aren't framed that way. They're often framed in the, you know, it, it's, a, it's a yes or no question. Do you, do you would, would you support, uh, or do you think that an immigration bill must have a path to citizenship? Well, that's easy to answer yes, right? Who's going to argue with that? But we don't ever ask that of the actual uh, people who were, who were uh, you know, in, in, in the waiting room, if you will
1: you know, Albert, I think you make a really great point. And and I think that, you know, in addition to every point that you just made, I mean, you know, you know, Hispanics, Latinos are not monolithic, right? Like, so they're different. They're different from state to state, from town to town, you know? So what you're basically saying, which is, I think, always been true, which is whoever works the hardest gets the bit line, share the vote, right? Um, You know, and there's a that's a, it's it's not rocket science. it's all hard work. It, it you know but you do have to give credit to whomever started this narrative that this particular Republican party and set of uh, ideas and set of leaders are doing better with Hispanics than the party ever ever has right So that's a winning narrative for them right because it makes it sound like there's something, in their magic potion that's working when in fact it works every time they work hard at it. So, um, but speaking of speaking of false narratives and, um, you know, another group that I think everyone's very nervous to see what happens in the fall elections is progressive. So, you know, I think I get a sense from from progressives around the country that they're rather disappointed that they're not as engaged with the Biden administration as they could be or they they want more. You know, do we do we think that progressives are going to turn out in large numbers like they need to for Democrats to to do well? Let's start with you, Albert.
2: I think they will. I'm not as concerned about, uh, you know, that piece as I am. Uh, you know, the Hispanic vote uh, because we are I I I've, I've, while the enthusiasm gap has all but diminished or evaporated amongst uh, other groups, uh, Hispanics aren't quite there yet um, you know we're still we're still lagging now in certain states where um, you know these candidates who are running either statewide or have a strong congressional campaign, uh, you see that number, uh, a little closer to where it needs to be but there is definitely still still work to do and i think these these gas prices that are coming down will will, will help uh, but we need to see more of that across the board eggs are now uh, far cheaper than what they were just a month ago uh, believe it or not um, so that's always a good a, a, a good indicator of, of where things are on the progressive front you know it, it's it's I, I often believe that the vocal minorities get them get the most attention, right? Uh, not everyone, for example, that that, that that we interview or talk to, feel that uh, we ought to erase student loan debt. Um, that's a very contentious issue, and you you, you see any number of uh, progressive activists on the Twitter sphere asking or you know counting down to the number of days before they have to you know start paying their student loans again. Well, that doesn't resonate with the average Hispanic voter, for example. Uh, it just, you know, there is a, a cohort or a, a group of them where it does, but um, they want relief on other things. It's not necessarily those issues that tend to be cherry-picked by, by the far left.
3: Andrew, what do you think? You know, Albert has a better pulse of the actual numbers, um, but I do look at races like uh, Pennsylvania, where it was a competitive, you know, primary for a while and Fetterman came out on top. And you look at races in Wisconsin where um, Mandela Barnes was, you know, uh, one of four strong candidates in that race and sort of, um, you know, was, was one of the progressive candidates and he came out on top. So I think you know, progressives are still around, and and I think they will uh, show up. Um, and yeah, they're vocal, and they're not going to be you know happy about uh, you know everything. But they also understand that um, having you know somebody like Bernie Sanders and and you know uh, in in the majority is better than having Bernie Sanders in the minority.
1: Good point. All right, so we're getting we're getting towards the end, so you guys sound both hopeful you sound like you think there's a chance that we do better than we thought we were going to that um that we might get that we might be surprised what what gives you pause albert
2: you know, there are events that happen that you know no one can can foresee they just uh sort of happen and you know who knows what's going to happen with uh this former president and his, his, his legal woes. Right. Um, and, you know, some of these, some of these races that we're, that we're watching specifically on the issue of, of, of abortion. They're not, they're not federal ways they their governorships. That's where it's going to be decided, I think. Uh, and unless you have a very strong uh, handle on, where these races are headed. Texas is, is a great example, right? It's like deja vu all over again, four years ago. But it's still a very, very red state. And I'm not, I'm not convinced that, that that thing is still, um, you know, winnable for us. We've seen a spike in voter registration numbers, but not, not to the extent that tells me, whoa, we've had a million registrants since the Dobb decision. And in Texas, also, it's very difficult to, to to register voters. As you know, you have to live in the county that you register voters in or unless you want to go to jail. Um, so they make it very difficult to, to, to participate in the electoral process there. But I, I, I remain optimistic.
3: Yeah, uh, I re- remain optimistic, but if there's a reason why it's called the October surprise and not the August surprise. Um, you know, 80 plus days out um, from 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 today uh, when when we're recording this, it's it's there's a lot that can happen between now and the election. You go back 80 days, and you know it was not quite doom and gloom. You go, you know, it was right before you know. It was, before or after the Dobbs, you know, leak came. So you know, things happen, um, and a lot of events. You know, eighty-four days is a long time between now and election day, and a lot of things can happen. So, while optimistic today, um, been around long enough to see to see how the pendulum swings back and forth, and hopefully, it stays, you know, where it is right now and continues to go in favor of the Democrats. But uh, been a, round and seen enough where, you know, you, you don't start celebrating, you don't start measuring curtains. Um, you know, you have to work hard all the way through, you know, when early vote starts and, um, all the way through election day. All right. Well, so Albert, Andrew, we can't thank you enough for being,
0: uh, with us today. Um, we're going to close out our short cast with one quick question, uh, to both of you. Um, Uh, Speaking of surprises, please each pick one uh, upset vote that nobody sees coming and why.
2: Albert? Are you talking about a a specific race or? A specific race,
0: yes. Anywhere in the
2: country. Oh, uh, I I keep an eye on that Senate seat in Wisconsin. Okay. And why? Um, Wisconsin is still very much... uh... Uh, I, I shouldn't say a, a, a strong progressive state, but it remains a, a state where there is strong activism on the part of Democrats. And Ron Johnson, I think, has just misread the electorate entirely.
3: Andrew, yeah, I agree with um, uh, Albert that Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin is a is a strong candidate and is going to give Ron Johnson a run for his money. However, I'm going to say my upset, and and I realize he's. Leading in the five thirty-eight polls, but Tim Ryan in Ohio, I think, has run uh, a solid campaign, um, talking about issues that matter to those in Ohio. And I think JD Vance is, you know, uh, out of touch. Um, and so that that's a race that um, I would say. And Ohio has been elusive to Democrats in the past. Um, I know we have Brown there, uh, but it's 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 a it's a tough race and but that's one that i think we'll, we'll we could we could take
0: well if you're both
3: right that's a whole
0: different senate next year isn't it absolutely all right. well
3: thank you it's
1: been terrific having you and that's it that's all it's politics it's the life we've chosen for ourselves Perfect. thanks and see you next time